This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the same feed, it's the same voices, but it's a different name. Welcome in to the first, the initial episode of another Dolphins podcast. And I can't even work around it. It's Jake Mendel. It's Josh House. It's somehow still the Jake and Josh show. Somehow we found a way to make our title even longer and a little more confusing. But we're happy to have you guys with us. Before we get into all the need to knows, Joshua House, happy Sunday. Happy Sunday, man. I'm just, um, you know, so thankful that we were given this opportunity to, you know, work and do our podcast with SB Nation. You know, unfortunately, that didn't work out. But now we were on our own and we are another Dolphins podcast. Just what everybody wanted, right? Another Dolphins podcast. So, dude, good Sunday. It's I think it's getting to be 60 degrees up here. How have you been, dude? Same, same. It's so nice. I can go out just with a sweatshirt, not a sweatshirt and jacket. But, you know, everyone living in the South has no idea what we're talking about. And, and I'm happy they don't. But Joshua, you kind of hinted at it there. This feed used to belong to the Finsider, SB Nation's the Finsider. And Vox Media, SB Nation, they decided to move away from their podcast networks. I think they still have a few, but for the most part, they just kind of punted them into the uh, abyss. So while we still write for the Finsider, we, you know, we have fun doing this. You know, as you hear us doing our predictions every week, we never predicted the Dolphins are going to lose just because we're doing this to have fun. We're here to, you know, we're not here to say that our team sucks or anything like that, right? So Josh, uh, you kind of already explained a little bit, but another Dolphins podcast. How did we come up with such an elaborate name? Well, well, you definitely did. I everybody <laughs> loves that name, and they like you know, good, nice name, Hal. It's a nice name, Jake. But it was all you, man. It was the perfect name. You know, we even have some other fan bases, you know, asking us if they can use the title. So That's it's surprising. just the perfect name. When you look around, there's you know so many Dolphin podcasts. Even when the Finsider, you know, when Finsider Radio started up, I think you know there were a bunch of different podcasts out there. Lots of good ones. Travis Wingfield with the Miami Dolphins, you know, locked on three yards per carry. The list goes on and on. But we are who we are, right, Jake? You mentioned us being homers, and you know, throughout the season, some people will crawl on my DMs. You know, you're just a homer. Yeah, you're you're damn right, I'm a homer. You know, we've done this for how many years? You know, writing about the Dolphins, potting about yeah. the Dolphins. We do it because we love the team, and we are hopelessly optimistic every single year. So we will never apologize for predicting the Dolphins to win games. We will never apologize for you know putting on those homer glasses. But um, this is another Dolphins podcast, and I think you and I, Jake, bring a unique approach to this. You know, we'll talk about stats, we'll break down you know scheme fits and things like that. We'll do film breakdowns, but um, we also like to do it with a little bit of humor and you know sarcasm in there as well. So uh, we are who we are. We will not change. If anything, we might get a little bit crazier. But um, everybody that's already been subscribed to the pod, you don't have to. Do do anything else and for those that are not are new to the podcast you know hit that subscribe button on i think it's spotify you know apple subscribe to the youtube because we're going to start putting the videos on there and um just be thankful that the dolphins are you know playing their best football you know on paper this team looks awesome and we're stoked for the upcoming season 
you mentioned getting a little crazy and you mentioned one of the ways how you can find all of our shows are now on YouTube. Um, you already see a couple shows are already up if you're ahead of the game and subscribe to Josh's YouTube. It's just how so make sure you have the notifications turned on for that. And we do see the comments. We love to see them. And, you know, hopefully down the road, we'll have those right on the screen with us. We'll do some mailbags. But we're trying to figure things out, and that's why is I get comments, hey, why isn't Jake looking at his camera? I'm going to progressively get better. Josh, do you know? Do you ever see those posts? It's like on Facebook. Someone will take a picture every day for like four years, and you'll see them go through like gain 50 pounds and then lose 70. I want to do something like that. We'll eventually have things looking nice. You got your Ricky Williams, but I got my white corner, and we're, and we're just going to roll with it for right now. Yeah, and I mean, if fans have an issue with it, they can send you some nice pictures. You know, Doodle, make some uh, drawings or something <laughs> of Jake and Josh, and <laughs> you'll put them back there on the wall. But uh, yeah, man, I mean, my background might change. Hopefully, at some point, the Dolphins win a playoff game and this hair goes. So that's a great idea, man, <laughs> to take a picture every single day just to see how things go along. But you mentioned a mailbag. I mean, that's one of the things that we definitely want to do this year that we kind of slacked on in the years past. You know, we do have a nice fan base that follows us. So to hear from them, to answer their questions is going to be at the top of our list. But again, we're just thankful for the opportunity to continue to talk about the Miami Dolphins because there for a little bit, you know, it did look bleak. We did feel a little bit down and out, but we're back. We're better than ever. And like you said, man, it seems like uh, people are excited, at least from what we read on YouTube. That's exactly why we do it, right? To have this little community of nonsense happening. But you mentioned it too, shows on YouTube. If you already are subscribed to the Finsider on iTunes, Spotify, these shows will pop right in there. You have to do nothing. But hey, if you just found us on YouTube, we would appreciate hitting that subscribe button. Wherever you get your content, we'll happily give it to you that way. So we look forward to that. But Josh, we went through a stretch there. And for some reason, the dates still escape my head uh, about when when we weren't able to pod. And there were a couple of things that happened in that time. And I was curious, do, do you want to run through a couple of them? I'd love to get some quick thoughts here. If you wanted to start, give me, give me your Vic Vangio vibes. Oh, I was super stoked. I actually was looking through old tweets, and I think back in uh, 2022, I said, you know, Josh Boyer is okay, but you can fire him straight into the sun if that means the Dolphins get Vic Fangio. And it took a year, um, you know, there for a little bit. We heard rumblings, you know, there were reports that the Dolphins, he might, you know, go somewhere else. But at the end of the day, the Dolphins landed him, and he's that perfect fit, I think, for the defensive side. You know, he's that gritty guy that's old school, brings that toughness, and kind of the yin to Mike McDaniel's yang. And I'm excited to see the way he utilizes those pieces, like we mentioned, because you got Jalen Ramsey, Jalen Phillips, Christian Wilkins, you know, uh, David Long Jr. Now, I mean, uh, Javon Holland, Xavier Howard. I mean, the list goes on and on. That defense should be special. So I was stoked, man. What were your thoughts on Vic Fangio signing? That whole saga, man, was brutal because I think he was a consultant with the Eagles, so he couldn't technically sign a contract. Offense, and then... offense. And all year long, everyone was saying that he was consulting with the Eagles on defense. And, you know, that was complete false. So, yeah, that, that was a definitely a strange uh, thing going down there. And definitely you just thought, oh, the Dolphins are going to screw this up somehow and end up with, you know, uh, one of those second-tier defensive coordinators. Yeah, you know, the the cornerback coach from LSU who, you know, had one nice run in with Steven Ross. But uh, then you, you mentioned one of the guys they bring in. You trade Hunter Long in a third-round pick. I like to say you traded two Hunter Longs for Jalen Ramsey. And you see a picture coming together pretty quickly, Josh, first and foremost, because in, in Las Vegas uh, with the Rams, Ramsey was playing in a defense that was relatively similar. So when you looked at the approach the Dolphins had, when you think about that cornerback room, you know, Nick Needham coming back from an injury, Trill Williams coming back from an injury, Darth Cater, Cater Kohu playing well, but I mean, adding Jalen Ramsey, the trajectory changes because you look at what they could have done with the money they had. I don't know if there were a lot of good options, whether it be free agency or the draft. 
Yeah, and I think right now, you know, we are slim pickings. I think until that June 1st cut date, I think Dolphins right now have $3.9 million. But we kept hearing the Dolphins needed to bring in a veteran corner, and we all thought, okay, they're going to, you know, sign some guy that's trying to prove himself. They went out there and got Jalen Ramsey, arguably the the best corner that you could have traded for. You know, he's easily top three, right? I mean, people Absolutely. gush about him until, of course, he gets traded to the Dolphins, and his Madden rating probably dropped a little bit. But um, he was the perfect fit for what we want to do, I guess. And I'm excited to see the way it all comes together. As if you guys are listening to this, I don't know if we'll release the Jalen Ramsey show after this. Maybe we'll do it after this. But, um, yeah, the Jalen Ramsey show should be on the feed as well. So check that one out. It's like the Grateful Dead. It's all the same song. It's all just one consistent song. Um, You mentioned a name there, David Long Jr. And, Josh, if we were doing a pod all throughout the start of free agency, I mean, we'd pick out a couple guys and we'd gush over them. And I have to say, I think David Long Jr. is one of them because he's kind of that uh, analytical darling in a sense where you look at his PFF grade, you know, you look at the NFL advanced analytics. And this is a guy who kind of sticks out despite not always being on the field and having a lot of opportunities. Yeah, and, you know, shame on me because I do have three kids now. In my game, I'm going to be honest, you know, I'm not breaking it down film of these free agents because every time I have in the past, I had egg on my face because the Dolphins just avoid them. Same with the draft. But David Long just seems like the perfect fit for so many years. We wanted that guy that could cover. He can, you know, take slot receivers down the field. He's great in zone. can carry the receivers to and from. And then he's just awesome against the run with instincts for days. Again, the biggest thing with him, like many of these players on the Dolphins roster, is can they stay healthy? So there was mm-hmm. nobody that I got more excited for, you know, after the Jalen Ramsey trade than David Long Jr. And I'm excited to see what he can do in Vic Fangio's defense that, again, I think heading into the year, uh, you know, linebacker again, year after year was at the top of that list of needs. I think David Long Jr., I don't have it right in front of me. I think he even knocked down six passes last year in limited time in coverage. So, I mean, he's around the football, and that's what you like to see. Because you I think, think he led about the Titans in tackles, too. Sorry, sorry for interrupting you there, but I think he led the Titans in tackles as well. That you have Javon Holland, who was ninth in the league in tackles last year. So you got that duo. And you look at this Dolphins defense. I think the weakness, yes, there was a lot of, you know, man defense, a lot of single high, a lot of no safety high, you know, let's be honest here. But I think the biggest weakness was the inability to win over the middle of the field. I just feel like the Dolphins could get nickel and dime the dink and dunk offenses because you it's a little easier to get away from a Landon Roberts, it's a little easier to get away from Jerome Baker. So I hope David Long kind of uh, helps erase that a little bit, especially being in a zone defense that might alleviate some of those pains. Um, but an interesting note too, Josh, if you look at pro football focuses, uh, pass rush grades for inside linebackers, I think Alandon Roberts was number one last year. Jerome Baker was number three and David Long Jr. was right there at number six. So there are a couple stats while he might not have like big shining stars next to his name. You see these few stats where he, he ranks so high. You're like, all right, you can kind of see that they're going to try a few different things with them. Yeah, and another name they're going to do some different things with, I think, is Deshaun Elliott, right? The safety Mm. they brought in here. He has familiarity with Brandon Jones. I know they both played at Texas, and a lot of people wanted Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, the free agent from the Philadelphia Eagles. I think he got paid, uh, you know, a relatively at least from our perspective, an inexpensive contract. But when you look at what it was compared to Sean Elliott, I mean, he was making like six times that. So excited to see what he can do in this scheme. You mentioned taking away the middle of the field. I mean, we had Eric Rowe. We had some of those guys, you know, that could step up and do things like that. But I think Elliott with Brandon Jones, with Javon Holland, those three guys, you mentioned Dick Fangio using two high safeties a lot more. I mean, I'm interested to see the way that changes things because I do think bringing in Elliott, again, a guy that, looked pretty darn good when he you know was given time there in Detroit looked like a good safety 26 years old I think maybe he's 25 but um you know could become you know that star in the middle that could help build that safety group and help build this defense to what Vic Fangio hopes to accomplish 
I, I don't have it in front of me, but I'm pretty sure after the team re-signed Justin Bethel what, a few days ago as the time we're recording this, I think he's the only guy in that entire secondary who's over the age of 29. I think X is 29. Um, it's kind of crazy. I think Trill Williams is the youngest and Nick uh, Noah Igbenogany is just two months older than him. It's just kind of crazy when you think about this group and people wanted to call him old, right? Jalen Ramsey, he's 28 years old. I'm 28. I'm not going to say there's any comparison there whatsoever, but I don't think as this is a very old group. Uh, but Josh, when you look at that safety group, there's going to be two guys uh, consistently out there, not like years past, where the Dolphins did flirt with three safeties on the field a lot. That might not be entirely the case. It's certainly possible. But do you feel like we've kind of um, looked over Brandon Jones a little bit in this whole scheme? And when you consider how much money the Dolphins have to work with, limited draft picks, and to think that like safety is an instant need when you have a guy like that is a little interesting. Yeah, I absolutely think a lot of us kind of forgot. I don't want to say forgot about Brandon Jones because when he's when he was out there, I mean, he was a fan favorite. We were all ecstatic mm -hmm. for what he did. But, you know, all offseason you heard about Jordan Poyer and, again, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, the different guys that were out there in free agency that the Dolphin fans felt like they needed to get. But as long as Brandon Jones can remain healthy, I mean, I think we talked about on a previous pod that may be up on the feed. I, I could be completely mistaken. But he's kind of almost <laughs> like a linebacker, the way he kind of comes mm -hmm. down and can play in the box, can do a bunch of things. So versatility is going to be key with Fangio's defense. I do think we overlook what Brandon Jones can do. I mean, we were calling him, what, the Blitz Boys, the way he was coming off the edge. Yeah, the guy was a menace. And you add that to what Deshaun Elliott can also do. You know, we talked about Jalen Ramsey coming down and playing a little nickel, being a factor in the in the corner blitzes and things like that. And then Javon Holling can do a little bit of everything. So versatility is key with the Dolphins offense. It's now key with the Dolphins defense. And I'm excited to see the way these guys take the next step. But we absolutely overlooked Brandon Jones. And that's shame on us because he has a potential to be one of those, you know, I don't want to say cornerstone pieces, but he's pretty damn close, right? I mean, he's one of those guys the Dolphins drafted. We see him get better every single year, and we would hate to see him go elsewhere for what he, for how he looks when he is healthy. I don't even know if this even does him a disservice, but he's like a spark. You know, if you're sitting out there at a, at a gas station, say the field's a gas station, right? He's that spark who can blow everything up instantly just when you need it, whether it's a big hit forces a fumble. And then it's the other guys who kind of set everything and put everything into place. Josh, you know, there was that, like I mentioned, there's that big saga with Vic Fangio and just wondering, will he, won't he? I think it took a little uh, of the heat away from looking at the special teams group because that is one pro football focus i'm gonna say it again it's not necessarily the bible but it's nice to use for like comparison's sake they had uh the dolphins ranked as the 32nd ranked special teams group so you look at danny crossman he's coming back as the special teams coordinator uh, mike mcdaniel even spoke about it saying he believes he can uh, danny crossman can take them where they have to go so what were your thoughts on that and then kind of keeping that consistency there yeah, I mean, I immediately thought he was going to be one of the first, you know, dominoes to fall in the coaching staff. But you look at prior years, I remember Danny Crossman being hyped up as one of the, you know, the best special teams coaches in the league. So, no, there, there's, there, yeah, there's no, there's got to be something there. I mean, you mentioned special teams. They got rid of Thomas Morstead. He went to the division rival, hated to see him go. You know, he's got a follow me on Twitter after I posted a, a SpongeBob meme. So he, it hurt to see him go, but I do think they upgraded. I know you are a punter guru, right? I mean, I think we talked about punters <laughs> once before and we all just fell asleep, but he brought in Jake yes. Bailey. He, he seems like he has something to prove, was pretty good in New England. I think there were some disputes there. I, I don't know if he got suspended or fined or something like that, um, but it looks like they upgraded the punter, and I know there's talk about Jason Sanders. I don't think he counts towards any dead money if they were to cut him, but 
I don't know, man. You know, for most of the year, we sat there and took that money sign away from Jason Sanders. But at the end of the season, when we needed him most, he really stepped his game up. So I don't know that I'd get rid of Jason Sanders. I don't know, you know, who they'd replace him with. But upgrading Jake Bailey, I don't know that we'll see any uh, punts going into Trent Shurfield. Well, I guess we won't see any punts going into Trent Shurfield's ass because he also <laughs> Hopefully, <left> <laughs> hopefully it's possible. <laughs> and, and Braxton Berrios, we can't, we have to mention him. We're talking about special teams. The Dolphins did not really have a return guy that, you know, could shift this shift field position and things like that. But now they got a guy that specializes in that can be used in the slot. Wes Welker is going to coach him up to be the next Wes Welker. So overall, I think they did, you know, make the changes necessary, but until uh, we see it on the field, you know, who's to really say. I'm going to go full Homer with the spin zone here. If we think Danny Crossman's the guy, if Mick, Mike McDaniel thinks he's the guy, no problems asked. You go right down the list. What's next? All right. You get a punter, a former all-pro punter comes in. He has a bad taste in his mouth with the Patriots. What better guy to come over to Miami? That's number one. Take it away. That's clean. Number two, what did Tyree Kill call Cedric Wilson on Twitter the other day? Onion head said. Onion head (laughs) said. He got thrown into a weird position where he was returning punts last year. I don't think anybody projected that going into the the season. I think Javon Holland did for a little bit, but the defense injuries, yada, yada. Braxton Berrios, I think he's a two-time first-team All-Pro returning kick. So you look at those two additions right there, just the uh, swing. I mean, Morstead was great. Those coffin corner kicks were great. But when you look at his average, it really dipped from his previous year in Atlanta, I think by seven to 10 yards per punt or something. So you give that an instant facelift with those two guys. And Josh, when you look at that in the bigger picture, you look at, you can revamp an entire special teams group, let's say by adding two guys like that, two first team all pros. How much credit should we give Chris Greer? Because it's not like you overpay for a kick returner, right? You have someone like Barrios who's going to thrive in the slot as well, attack space. How much credit should he get for the fact he's been with this team, you know, so long, he kind of understands the needs, the wants, and with limited cap space, limited draft picks, he's still trying to work inside those margins and make those like pretty impressive improvements when you look at the big picture. Yeah, we got to tip our hat to him. I mean, and he loves to wear a hat, right? We got to tip our hat to what Chris Greer's done. I mean, I think a few... I think it was when we got rid of Flores, right? I think I was the first person to say I probably would have got rid of Chris Greer. I felt completely different after we saw what he did last year. You know, people are down on the Toronto Armstead signing a little bit because he misses games, but that was a hell of a signing. The trade for Tyree Kill, everything they did last year, and then to follow it up this year with Jalen Ramsey, some of these under-the-radar signings. I mean, a lot of guys signed one-year deals this offseason, but like right. you mentioned, it they do look like upgrades on paper. They got them for relatively cheap, and if they can come in here – prove that they fit in this system, prove that they are those difference makers. I mean, I think Chris Greer is going to reward them. So definitely got to give credit to Chris Greer. I guess the question I want to ask you, Jake, is what do you think of this running back unit, right? I mean, they kind of decided like we we did hear it. You post an article in the Finsider where Chris Greer during the season, you kind of are off season when he did his presser said, you know, we may even have the same stable of backs in here and lo and behold, here they are. They're all back and on relatively cheap contracts. So I don't know your thoughts about it. I know that, you know, we all wanted that marquee name a trade for derrick henry maybe austin eckler maybe in the draft whatever it might be but they ran it back with raheem mostert jeff wilson jr salvin ahmed miles gaskin what are your thoughts on that running back unit coming back with consistency heading into year two with mike mcdaniel my mic's throwing a fit but josh that's an interesting point because in the finsider dms you know there was the talk of sorry about the mic or the sorry about the camera but there was that conversation of um 
yes, they might t- bring back those guys. And then I'm like, all right, so you bring back Jeff Wilson, you bring out back Raheem Mostert, you bring back Selvan and Ahmed. I think he was actually the first one to resign, but you always were a little curious if Miles Gaskin was going to be that guy, right? He was a seventh round who's, it's really a great story when you consider what he's done. I think he was a starter for more than a year with the Dolphins. You wondered, are they going to use that second round pick? Are they going to use that third round pick on a running back? Is that going to be that final move? Because I think, Josh, I think Kenny and Drake in 2016, outside of that, I really don't know when the last time it was the Dolphins drafted a running back inside the top, you know, five, even first round, Ronnie Brown, maybe, probably. So I get it. I see the vision. It fits what Chris Greer has always done, but you wonder if they could have done a little more or if we even would need a little bit more with that group because this is what they had last year and they still were left, you know, grasping for straws come the playoffs. Yeah, maybe that's kind of a fault of Chris Greer, right? He's kind of loyal to a T to some of these guys, it seems. I mean, he's the first one that wants to say Austin Jackson and Liam Eikenberg are competing, but, I mean, anybody with two eyes can say that, you know, that's probably not in their best case. So maybe, you know, he just drafts some of these guys, builds these relationships with them, thinks that, you know, they still have potential. And, I mean, who's to say they don't? I mean, we saw Miles Gaskin start some games when he had to. We saw Salvin Ahmed, I think it took took over a Buffalo game at one point. Raheem Mostert mm-hmm. has best career year. We know his relationship with Mike McDaniel. So I really don't have an issue with running it back. I guess just the fantasy player in me, I think every year we just hope that we get that big marquee name that's going to be that workhorse, that bell cow that we can draft in all our dynasty leagues and kind of uh, feel confident in. We mentioned bringing back the running back unit, another guy that they brought back that I know that a lot of Dolphin fans have a special place in their heart for him, but Andrew Van Ginkle, I think he signed a relatively cheap contract. I know a lot of people think he's the perfect fit for what Vic Fangio wants to do. What were your thoughts when you saw that? Because he was, I think he had a meeting with the Raiders. I think the New England Patriots had interest in him, but when all was said and done, he came back to Miami and we all love watching him and his Fabio hair run around and attack the football like his hair's on fire. In his first four years, he already has two defensive touchdowns, and it's just, yeah, with the blonde hair running into the end zone, it's like a sight to the, so the perfect sight. Josh, this one was kind of interesting because you think about death and what the Dolphins are trying to do. It's like the perfect piece. It's that guy who might be a little more rotational with Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips on the outside, but someone I think if there's an injury, if Bradley Chubb has a club on his hand, he can come in, rotate a little bit more and become one of those guys that you're comfortable with playing from time to time. So I'm actually kind of surprised he didn't get a multi-year deal from some other team and would prefer to come back here. But I do think he has a great opportunity to see those numbers really boom in one year because I think people forget in August he had appendicitis and he lost a bunch of weight and you know you're a football player. If you lose a bunch of weight, you're a step behind. He still played nearly every game for the Dolphins last season. So that really impacted his numbers. I'm interested to see now that he has the time to get healthy, get right, how it's going to impact and on a defense that's loaded with different pieces. Yeah, good point with the injury. A lot of people kind of overlook that. Um, I guess another thing that I have, uh, I'm wondering, is what the Dolphins plan to do with Emmanuel Agba. I know he's one of those guys that have that big contract. I know if you go back two years, I think before they signed him, I talked about how big of a difference maker he was on that defense. But that was before Bradley Chubb and, you know, we saw Jalen Phillips take that next step. So, um I guess I, my question to you, Jake, is what can we expect from Emmanuel Agba? Do you think he's going to be on the roster come, um, you know, week one of the season? Or do you think he could be one of those guys that gets moved for, I'm going to just throw it out there crazy. I saw people talking about Derrick Henry or something like that, or a draft pick on um, draft day. I mean, what do you think of Agba's value is? And do you think he sticks around in Miami? Because a few years ago, we all felt like he was, you know, a difference maker on that defensive line. Josh, I was going to be an interesting situation because I think he's one of the only guys who could fit any type of salary cap trade, right? If you want to bring in Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler, whoever it may be, he's that one movable contract you have. 
But at the same time, I wonder, like, where's the line of when can we see this group just with a bunch of depth? What will this group look like if Bradley Chubb, like I mentioned with Andrew Van Ginkle, has a club? I just think having someone like Ogbo, who's great in the locker room, is a benefit. You know, you're not trying to move him. He's not burning a hole in your pocket. But at the same time, you do, you see that running back possibility. But I don't know. After I think Gaskin finalized that group before, I think we're kind of stuck with the running back group going into the season. And hey, let's get all the edge rushers, all those guys we can get and, and get after Rodgers, Mac Jones, and uh, Josh Allen. Yeah, man, that's going to be the biggest thing, right? I mean, for so many years we sat here and we were worried about the Patriots, but now it's Josh Allen's world and we're all just living in it and we just hope that this defense can find a way to counter what some of these quarterbacks in the AFC East are going to bring. I mean, the Jets could potentially or any day could have Aaron Rodgers. Josh Allen's one of the top two, top three quarterbacks in all of football. And then the New England Patriots, I mean, uh, it's nice that they have fallen, but Mac Jones is coming off, what, two years ago he was Rookie of the Year. So um, I want to see the way this defense completely revamps this offseason, changes the way they approach things, and can go out there and attack those guys. And, um, you know, then our offense can just do what they did last year because it really was the defense, maybe the offensive line a little bit, but it really was that defense that kind of held this team back in 2022. And um, with all the changes that we talked about, man, I mean, I don't know how you can't feel excited that the sky is truly the limit, and this is – on paper, the best Miami Dolphins team that we have seen in many, many years. Oh, man, always saying it on paper is scary. There's always that one little, well, you're not entirely sure. Papers give you paper cuts. You got to remember that. <laughs> wow. Let's put that on a T-shirt. That's beautiful. <laughs> but that is it. My computer's falling apart if you're watching on YouTube. But thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who listened to The Finsider. It is now another Dolphins podcast, and we will talk to you soon. But until then, fins up. Fins up. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. We're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Everybody, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins.